Welcome to Women's Words, a podcast where we change the conversation about abuse and healing and provide a place for women to be seen and heard. We're your hosts, Hyla Rogers and Jenny Decker. We are all living downstream from a multitude of stories, themes, and ideas of patriarchy. Some of these are cultural and some religious, and of course, there are intersections between the two. Together, we want to challenge the forces that have pushed women into this stream. We will discuss a variety of related subjects with the goal of creative growth and awareness. If you're triggered or experience distress at any point while listening, we encourage you to use grounding techniques, push pause, or take whatever serenity break works for you. Your safety and health are important to us. Let's begin. Listen in as we enjoy one another's company, scoring high on the Bechdel test, although we're not on film. Laugh about mistakes, continue after correcting them, and just by hitting record, validate the importance of one another's voices. We talk about climbing trees, being called a tomboy, being minimized and labeled as girls, and then about magnificently supportive people in our lives who strengthened our hearts. So I want to admit that we're nervous. Yes. I think that's good to say. Yes. Because we're not perfect, we're not trying to be something we're not, we're not trying to present ourselves as having it all together. Yeah, it feels good to say we're nervous, but we want to do this. It's important. I love talking to you. I love talking to women. I love hearing women's voices. Same here, but there is this epic feel. Okay. (laughs) You silenced your alarm earlier (laughs) instead of turning (laughs) it off. Nothing is perfect. There we go. (laughs) It's turned off now. It's it's a feel of stepping into the arena. Or uh, yeah. Because you have any audience whatsoever, even if you're just trying out or auditioning. Yeah. You, you sense your presentation self or you sense the audience reaction. And that's, that always makes me nervous. Yeah. Well, okay. So Tiffany has experience acting. I don't. But the way I felt was similar about this. I feel scared to be seen because mm-hmm. in my life, being a part of abusive relationships, I had to hide and I had to be less than to be safe. So stepping out to be seen, I feel tears coming because it feels like I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to get in trouble somehow. I'm going to do it wrong somehow. And really, that's based on <laughs> that's based on observational fact. That is what's happened, even if it's in a disguised way. I've been insulted or seen as less than. And so speaking at all and doing this at all seems like kind of revolutionary or counter- what is the word <laughs> when you revolutionary, but against what I've been taught and against the forces that have been pressuring me to stay silent? A conflict, your intrinsic tendency to protect yourself by hiding, but then an extrinsic pressure to it's go time and it's now and it's whether or not you're ready or you're doing going, this. Yeah, you're jumping out of the airplane. You're jumping yeah. off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you feel like my harness. <laughs> so I'm glad you're yes, jumping true. out of the airplane have those, with the parachute. It's the rabbit's foot or it's the, I'm going to hold the harness. <laughs> Not the rabbit's foot. We need a, we need a parachute. <laughs> That's true. Oh, and a rabbit's foot. Man. I see what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it they'll be, yes. Not, not saying rabbit's foot without the parachute. Right. But okay. something that does ground us in that moment makes yeah. us live in the present. Yeah. Uh, when I was performing, on stage it was am I going to remember my lines because I have I have hundreds of lines and then there's the light you can hear the crowd and you know that they're going to start it at seven no matter what and I would ground myself by repeating the first word or the first sentence Uh 
once I stood in the spotlight, said my first word and sentence, the rest was a blur. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how I grew Even when singing a solo mind. song, you you don't want to sing off key. You're trying to catch the intro of the piano, which you don't quite have memorized and you wish you did. And so, you know, they're 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 introducing you and you walk up and it's what's my first line yeah (laughs) and what's the what's the right note but you've prepared and you know what that reminds me of is that being grounded which I didn't know about that word until I moved to Colorado and started doing therapy but being grounded right now in myself in who I am and who I've always been since before I was born my own unique self is like the rabbit's foot or is like, and, and you too, and all the friends that I know are with me, all the people I know are behind this effort, is is like just the first line. Yes, I always refer to that as wholehearted. I'm showing up wholehearted. Oh, okay. Yes, without yeah. without trying to hide or um, apologize even before I make a mistake. Right. <laughs> yeah, preemptively. Ah. Cool. Mm. It's, a new, it's a new day. Yes. Okay. Yes. So. Hello, everyone. Yes, hello. <laughs> and I wanted to explain for the people watching the video that I brought a couple of hats here because I have a hat collection, and that might be <laughs> a part of this podcast, at least visually. So this one, um, we were going to talk about the beginning of each episode, maybe the guests' memories when they were young of times they felt empowered as women um, and then times where they felt minimized being female And so I made this hat, which has my name on it, um, when I went to summer camp as a kid. And Tiffany and I were talking about how fun it was to stamp the leather. And it has my name. I think I said that already. (laughs) But so there's that. It's a visor. Here, I'll put it on for a second so that people can see. You look like you're about to deal cards. I know. I do, right? Poker. (laughs) Poker in the podcasting. But anyway, and then this one is from Fiesta when I lived in San Antonio. It's this April... um, party citywide party that they have and so Mexico influence so colorful and it has flowers in a ring and ribbons running down the back so yes that looks fun did you actually wear it at an actual fiesta I can't remember I think a younger I think one of my kids might have Mm -hmm. or I might have just bought it because I wanted one when I was a kid I wore it like yesterday when I was trying it on before yes, this. It looks like it a party in a hat. Yeah, like, yes. <laughs> There's metallic ribbon too. So, yeah. So um, maybe we could start, as um, I just said, talking about the the memories that we can think of one each. Yeah, I'm really thankful that you asked the question because the first thing that came to my mind was climbing a tree. In Florida, we didn't have fall, so... The leaves never left the trees, and I could shimmy up that thing so fast with so many handholds. If there was a good old tree, it felt like flying, mm-hmm. and I wasn't afraid of the height because you're surrounded by the branches. It oh, felt wow. it felt like the tree was with you or it would catch you. Yeah. You would always have something to hold safe. on to, and I remember many hours sitting in the top of the tree, listening to the leaves, looking at bugs. <laughs> Maybe a bird's nest, spying on people who didn't know I was up there. <laughs> it felt secluded, and and I felt pretty proud of myself for being strong enough, able-bodied with uh-huh. the arms and the you, legs and the figuring uh-huh, out uh-huh. how to get up there. Oh, I, I could also cl- climb a palm tree, which is an entirely <laughs> different method. <laughs> and, and we had one tree outside my front 
door. So I would walk out the front door and I'd climb up the tree and I'd sit on that one branch. And that was my accomplishment for the day. Mm -hmm. There was one time that I was climbing trees, thinking nothing of it. And um, an older gentleman who was at, I was in a tree at church, he, um, he'd come out and he'd said, well, you're a tomboy. And I had no context for what that word was. Hmm. I'd never heard it before. Mm-hmm. I'm a tomboy. Be- and I, I couldn't tell from the tone of his voice or his body language if that was a good thing or a bad thing. But because I loved climbing trees, I thought, Tomboy's a good it's thing. It's a good thing. Yes. <laughs> I love Hi, that. I'm a tomboy. A and, but at the older I got, the the more I realized that they that the the people who called me that were not people that I respected or that I felt knew me. Yeah, it's a label. Trying to just label something that yes. you don't understand or label some one to put them in a place. That's what I think of. And it wasn't a conversation. In hindsight, mm-hmm. I would have loved to talk to anyone, man or about methods of climbing trees and how they <laughs> used to climb trees. and Right. The, it could have been a point of connection mm-hmm. but instead of a separation. Yes. But. And so mm. for a while I thought, I'm a tomboy. And and I was proud of being a tomboy. But then the shame came in that because there was a special label for a girl who climbed trees, there was something it was about a, it. Yeah. it was a, There was a separation and, and there was shame. Yeah. Yeah, there just was like shame that. for being strong, for being active, for doing something is what I think of, and it feels like it was odd to see. A, it was odd to see a girl up a tree, at right. least, right. and also wearing skirts. I was so frustrated because that uh, you know you had to wear your Sunday best, and you okay. had to wear skirts just for all these modesty reasons. There was baggage, and so it made it very hard to climb yeah. a tree. And I resented the, like the I, material would get in the way. So then I was conflicted, and. And it wasn't until 33 later, 33 years later, that I was able to isolate that feeling that it became a moment in my childhood. And I, I was writing about a character, and because I was using a character who I call Ruby, I created, I recreated the scene, and I had Ruby answer the man in the way that I wish I had, what? but never did. Yeah. <laughs> So Ruby is up a tree, and the man is walking by. She comes down out of the tree, and he calls her a tomboy. And this is what Ruby <laughs> says. I don't know who Tom is, and I'm not a boy. <laughs> nice. I just like climbing trees. <laughs> That's what I would have, should have, could have said. Yeah, and so yeah. here we are saying it. Mm. I love that. That's mm. partly why we want to have this format we want to have this outlet we want to have this is so that our voices are heard god damn it <laughs> i'm gonna have to put an e now on the, on the episode but yeah god i mean how many narratives are there like that that we've heard as females over and over and over again mine was i'm shy she's shy you know what though I have a climbing tree story, too. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told no, you No, I'm all ears. Oh, my gosh. It's one of my favorite ones. So I had a tree house, which I always laugh about because it was just two two-by-fours. <laughs> Wait, two-by-fours? No, the flatter ones. One-by-fours. Oh. Okay, so flat and long. Yeah. So just two boards across branches up in the 
very near the top of a big blue spruce. I grew up here in Colorado. Oh. So I would go up there. I would sometimes have a quilt. I don't remember having a pillow or much things, but I would read up there oh. for a long time. So it's funny. You were watching the bugs and the birds and the people, you know, and I was reading and reading and reading and reading. You know, I would drive, I would ride my bike to the library in the summers. This was probably mostly in the summer, of course. And I would just get books and I would <laughs> take them up there. But I remember reading, this could be a topic for another podcast, but I remember having a subscription to Glamour Magazine and Vogue Magazine, which I still love fashion, mm -hmm. but messages in there about what women were supposed to be or look like, you know, thin for one thing, you know, um, and just the articles did not do me any favors in hindsight. But I liked some of the fashion. But I remember bringing those up there. So I was a teen then. Yes. So I still went up there in that tree. Yeah, it, remembering it makes me think, when and why did I stop climbing trees? Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> We've got to find a place. Yeah. <laughs> She's looking I'm outside looking, I'm looking in the parking lot. <laughs> Is there one handy? But maybe I'll start with this? a blue spruce. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we should. So do you want to go on to the, um, well, that was kind of a lot in one story, but we were going to talk about when we felt empowered as kids. Yes, and, and so my story, I didn't feel empowered till the very, till years yeah. later. Yeah, with that one. But it, just the actual act of climbing the tree. Uh, yes, yeah, okay. that is what. And, and then Marilyn, do you want to? Oh, Marilyn? Uh -huh. You're bringing up Marilyn? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just know she was a, yes. a influence for love in your life. Yes, Bring Marilyn yeah. Adele Rosenfield. She passed away in October 2017, 2019, forgive me. And she was born in Detroit at a woman's hospital. And it wasn't for a couple of years before they realized that she was different. Her developmental stages were different. And back then, um, the wealthy families had options to... Um, put put people like that in homes. And so she lived in a number of homes and she came home to visit. And she had a mom and a sister and a dad, but she also had that family in her homes. Hmm. And eventually she ended up in a group home in Florida. And the group home organizer named Jane called our church and said, I have some ladies here who would love to come to church. They would just need a ride. <laughs> and so my mom was the one who volunteered to drive the church van <laughs> uh, over to that city. And it was Tanglewood was the name of the neighborhood. You were in Michigan? No. Or this was in Florida, we, yeah, sorry. Yeah, this was eventually in Florida. She was born in Detroit. I was still mm -hmm. Yes, thank there. you. Okay. Thank you. She, she had moved around. By this time, she was in Florida, I think, a mom had passed away, a sister had passed okay. away, and such. And so she had her, her friends there at the home and her caretaker, Jane. So my mom pulls up in a church van with me, and these ladies come <laughs> out dressed with the earrings and the lipstick, and the, they had their Bibles. They, had, they, were, they were beautiful. And they all filed into the van, and Mom and I were in the front seats, and, oh, we talked. And we talked about their pets. And How old were you then? Were you elementary school? It. My mom, Marilyn started coming to our church when I was, she was at my fourth birthday party, oh, Marilyn so was. Oh, so you were little. Yes, yeah. and so these memories must have been when I was older. Okay, and, okay. And these were members in our church, and 
and that was a tradition. They, they sat in the same pew. They were in the church directory. They, they got excited about the special theme Sundays, and, mm-hmm. and there it was. And so eventually Jane had cancer and was able to relocate everyone in the home except Marilyn. And she didn't know what else to do. She went to those Medicare facilities and said, I will not put Marilyn there. I will not put in, no. <laughs> so she called my mother and said, I, 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 I don't know where to, what to do with Marilyn, and I only have so much longer to live. And my mom said, we'll take her. So she started living with you. And with my was... parents. I was in college. I okay. was out of the house. Oh, okay. And about two weeks after, she came with a few clothes, a black and white TV. Uh-huh. I think there was a bank account that had to be switched over, some Social Security income. My mom's colon erupted. She had emergency surgery. She was bedridden. And Marilyn took care of my mother. The timing of that. <laughs> yes. Wow. And Marilyn stayed with us for 17 years. And even though I was far away in a different state at that point, we got letters. Mm-hmm. We got letters from Marilyn. She, she just saw you. Oh, she saw me. She remembered every holiday, every special personal event. In the letters, it was full of love. Mm-hmm. I love you to bits. And <laughs> I love those bits to bits. <laughs> full of stickers. Oh. <laughs> full of X's and O's. Uh-huh. Stickers on the outside, stickers on the inside. <laughs> she stickers. said, She said, I love you. Barney it's loves you. And Jesus loves you. <laughs> Barney, the dinosaur. Yes, Barney the dinosaur I knew, I and he has an I love you song and and she oh, knew right. Barney was her spirit animal or was her was her uh partner yeah. in in love he right. he oh he symbolized <laughs> exactly who Amazing. she was yes and the two oh, and cool. and um and then mm-hmm. and then when my children were born she knitted them blankets she called one of them cutie pie and the other one sweetie pie <laughs> I love it Yes, for sure. Yes, that's the type of person she was. Yeah, and that makes me think. So here in Colorado Springs and in every city that I've lived, there are always these 40 under 40 lists or there are these, you know, these are the high flyers. These are the rising stars in our communities. Yes. But there's never the Maryland's. That's so true. There's never these folks. So I love hearing hearing stories. And it's not just a story. It was a person, you know, but I love hearing these and yeah. She had so much influence. It matters. Yes. She yes. she bloomed. She caused other people to bloom. She would wherever whatever doctor's office she was visiting or church or community place, at the end they'd say, Goodbye, Marilyn, we love you. We love Barney. <laughs> she just brought a lot of it teenagers. Joy. Teenagers she would just, hug her. Yes. Uh, what she, do you call it? Like there's just a stream behind her of joy. She just like littered joy. <laughs> yes. Very it, was a, very it was a scent. Yes, because it was mild and meek and quiet. But fun. Yes, and once and you got sincere. to talking to her, you're like, oh, oh Marilyn, tell me more. <laughs> tell me about your cats. I tell me about Barney. You. Yes. <laughs> That's and really she, cool. And she would remember you. Then people started giving her things, and she loved teddy bears. And so the doctors, as soon as they cu- saw her come in, Marilyn, Marilyn's <laughs> here. Every surgery or thing that she had to have, they remembered wow. her name when love she that. left. Well, we are remembering her. Yes, right thank now. you. And I love yeah, to love talk about her. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I guess, and I can segue into sharing about my grandfather, which is a very different personality, half German, kind of contained, you know, that kind of cultural. But I have this memory of sitting on the floor in in their house, and they always had their two corners of the couch, um, my grandpa and grandma. And um, 
I had read because I just always read whatever was around. And if I ran out, I read whatever else was around. <laughs> so I picked up a copy and I was only 10 years old, which it didn't mean anything to me. I was just looking for something to read. But of uh, Cyrano de Bergerac, the play. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We got to talk about that more yes. later. Maybe I see Edmund your face. Rostin wrote it, I believe. Okay. So, um, and I remember sitting on the floor and he held the book up to my grandma and said, she read this. And just that showed me something about myself that I didn't know was important or was admirable that I didn't get. And it's just so funny that I remember just that one thing so clearly because it must have meant a lot to my heart, you know, that, that he just, again, he saw me. He saw some, you know, extra special thing about me. And also I really liked it. <laughs> you know, I, I probably, I mean, I understood it differently at age 10 than I would older but it, it's beautifully written it's it's super interesting mm. and oh actually that play has an invisibility element it has a person hiding behind another person and having him speak for him yes. so that's interesting that that might in hindsight now that we're talking about it that might be also why it stuck with me now that I think about it I so. can imagine a granddaughter seeing her grandfather say to his wife behold the reader <laughs> behold the reader Hyla Yes, and yeah, it was kind of like. And that. Cyrano was a speaker. Behold the speaker. So that's so funny that I thought of this while we have these speakers <laughs> in front of us right mm -hmm. now. So yeah, being seen and being yeah. heard. Yeah, and then I, my mind that I was going to share that was being minimized. I hate to even share this, but I want to talk about these things to to talk about these things partly because this podcast is supposed to be here. I'm envisioning it partly being that that people don't know what women experience. It's becoming more and more out there now we're, we're hearing from us more um, but just this experience I was riding my bike I was older probably young teenager maybe tweens and I got whistled at and I just remember feeling so small and feeling so on display and I can feel it still so obviously I need to work through something with that but it just it just felt like I was at a disadvantage it felt like I was in danger some. That's how I felt. Like it was almost a warning. Like your body's like, that's a warning yeah, that something that, bad could happen. Yeah. Or I just like, I'm on my bike. They were in a car, I think, you know, so I was at a disadvantage, like safety wise. Mm -hmm. And just, and I just remember feeling like, well, maybe kind of like you did with the tomboy where I was, I was like, why, why does that have to happen to me? What just happened? Who, why are they doing that? They don't know me, you know? And I guess some people could think of it as, nah, well, it wasn't a good thing to me. It took you down a notch. It it, yeah. it deflated your spirit. It, it um, objectified me. Yeah, it was. They didn't. Yeah, again, I'm repeating myself, but I'm realizing it's important. They didn't know me. So being they only known, knew what they seen, saw for one second, and they only knew yeah. their intentions. Yeah, yeah, and also that whole dynamic to me in society minimizes everyone. Because it doesn't say that there's any kind of relationship or connection there between two human beings. Hmm. You know, that's, again, there's more we could talk about. That, yes, well, thank I you for sharing. I, I heard you say I, I hate to share this. And I, I thank you for oh, yeah. your vulnerability and, yeah, and putting it out there that. in the arena. Yeah. And sometimes... It doesn't get edited out. <laughs> no, we won't. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> no, you go. Yeah, but sometimes <laughs> I call it the whiteboard. Because sometimes I like to hold thoughts on a whiteboard. It's kind of like I, I, I guess I think of mathematicians. They've got to they've got to 
put out what they do know, and then they've got to sit there and say, that's the part of the equation I don't know what to do with here. And they have to think about it for weeks, like Einstein did. Oh, I see what you mean. And so you're yeah, saying, just, you're like, I'm going to put this there. on the whiteboard. Mm-hmm. This is where it started. This is how I felt, and I haven't figured out the factors, mm, like the equations. I haven't yet. calculated yeah. it all yet. Yeah, but that's it's okay. Im- you can it's just put it out there. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. on the whiteboard. Yeah. And we're wanting to start conversations with this, too. So that's... You're an instigator. Good insti- that's, I think that might have been more along the lines of the word I was trying to think of oh, a little really? bit ago. Yeah, instigator <laughs> or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so that people can share their own stories coming on to here or in their own conversations, in, in their own spheres. Yeah, so. sometimes I've sensed when I'm shooting the breeze with a stranger on a bench mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I touch on something that brings out a story in them, and I think, I just got a gem. I just came across a diamond. <laughs> there it is. Because I asked, because I yeah. engaged. Yeah. Yes, and it wasn't, it wasn't a cat call or, or wolf whistle. Oh, oh. It was, it was more like a baton. Mm. I'm going to connect with you, That's not by lovely. objectifying or confusing you, but here's my baton. Do you want to grab it? And do, you yeah. want, do you want to engage? Do you want to connect? Do you want to actually be known? And it can be in a surface way. We're strangers at this point, but it's it's real. It's seeing a person as a person and and knowing them as mattering. the way that they wish to be known. Yeah, and allowing them to share that way. Okay, we could talk. This is just I'm yeah, we could talk for hours. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We hope this helped you change the conversation. If you liked this episode, we invite you to subscribe, leave a review, or share on whatever platform you're using to listen. It will help others to find the show. Speak on. We're super thankful to Keegan Kellogg, producer and engineer at PPLD Sand Creek, for his encouragement and professional expertise in this endeavor. And also Terry Josiah Sharp, the other person in production behind the scenes here in the studio at Sand Creek, has been a serendipitous creative connection for us in this work. Both are people whom we're sincerely happy to know, both professionally and as individuals. This episode was sponsored by Studio 916 at the Sand Creek Library branch of the Pikes Peak Library District in Colorado Springs, Colorado. If you or your business or organization are interested in sponsoring this work, please contact us through our Facebook page or at thriverwomen at gmail.com.